Grab your Bibles, hold them up. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right, Matthew, chapter number 18. Matthew 18. Last week we looked at, in our move is our theme for the year, our current sermon series is upward. We, we did inward, we did outward, now we're doing upward. And last week we looked at confession and listen, and again, not that I'm Catholic, not that I'm saying you got to walk into a, a phone booth to confess your sins, but the Bible says confess your faults one to another, that ye may pray. Listen, you, we're supposed to, not for absolution or absolution or whatever you want to say of sin, but to, so that we can pray for one another. We need prayer. And listen, whatever we're struggling with, we need, if we don't know what someone is struggling with, hardships they're having or whatever, we don't know how to pray for them. So last week was confession. This week we're looking at guidance. Guidance, eight, Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. Again, we're thankful as we remember everything that you've done for us on this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that uh, we can praise you. We can thank you for everything that you've done because you've paid our sin debt, something that we could never do, Lord. One of the other things we get to do is we get to look for you for guidance as we studied this morning in our series of moving and looking upward. So we just pray that you'd be honored, that you'd be glorified, that we would be encouraged this morning, Lord. We ask these things, your name, amen. Flip over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number four. Be in our Bibles a lot this morning, so keep those fingers nimble. Hopefully they're loosened up from... Did you ever notice... This is just me. But have you ever noticed this morning, Brother Mater, every time your elbow bent, your mouth opened? <laughs> have you ever noticed that every, every, no, just every, so hopefully our, our fingers are loose. But anyway, Ephesians chapter number four, that was bad, wasn't it? Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're talking about guidance this morning and, and obviously ultimately and it's going to get in there we're supposed to look to God for guidance but in the concept of the church and it says right there listen God gave to the church and there's a list apostles which we don't have anymore contrary to what other people might say there are no living apostles uh, to be an apostle you had to have seen the physical, resurrected Jesus. And I don't know. I mean, we may have had one too many, you know, Chipotle burritos last night. 
saw Jesus in our dream, but I, I, that wasn't physical, okay? But then it goes, you know, pastors, teachers, so on and so forth. But listen, there's other people besides God that we're supposed to look for, for guidance, for help, for encouragement. For Why? For the edifying of the saints, for the work of the ministry, until we get to the point, and it's talking about heaven, perfect where we're in, we get to once again see the physical manifestation of Jesus. Sunday school teachers, parents, and again, the list could go on and on. Like I said last week, we looked at confession, admitting our sins to ourselves. You realize the first step of confession, I'm not necessarily big into the whole 12-step program, but that's, I mean, whatever whatever works, okay? But I don't know if it's the first step or it's one of the steps I know that, that admitting you have a problem, right? Confession. Admit, listen, admitting to ourselves that we have a problem. I am not right. I have done something wrong. Sometimes that's, that's the hardest thing. I remember reading this quote and... and I realize you can poke holes in it, but please don't, because it's from a man, and it's not perfect. But on the surface, it's good. If you really thought what you did was wrong, you'd never do it. If you thought it was wrong. I realize there's all kinds of things that God says is wrong that we don't do. Why is that? Because we don't think that it's wrong. And I mean, you know, we can read scripture and be like, yeah, yeah, it's wrong. But we don't really, with every fiber of our being, believe that it is wrong. I, I know I told you the other week and so we, about the friend of mine for 25 years has struggled with extracurricular activities even after he was married. Why... Why did he struggle with that for so long? I mean, you hear preaching against it. Obviously, the Bible says it. But the bottom line is that you really didn't believe that it was wrong. Because there were some... And he, on the phone, he told me... He's like, listen, I never, you know, did anything with kids. Why? Because that, that in his mind, that was wrong. Obviously. And if we really believe that something is wrong, we'd never do it. And so many times convincing ourselves that, you know, getting, listen, angry at somebody because they cut you off in traffic and you decide to have a bit of road rage. Why Why do you do that? Because you don't think it's wrong. Well, it's justified. Did you see what they did to me? <clears throat> Confess and Admitting to ourselves, then we got to admit to God. Listen, th- that that really should be the easiest part. But again, sometimes that can be kind of tough. Listen, God already knows that you did wrong. It's like you know, kids coming to uh, parents. Yeah, I I you know did something I shouldn't have done. Well, I think most of the time the parents already know. But man, when you're a kid and you got to go. Fess up to your parents or your, your teacher or the principal or, or whatever. 
And then obviously we've got to confess to the person that we've sinned against if our sin includes that. But trust me, they know, they know you're wrong. Look at Psalms, chapter number 40. Psalms chapter number 40, verse number 11. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Confession, admitting that we're wrong. Guidance is hearing God's voice and discerning his will. That seems simple, doesn't it? Well, you know, hearing God's voice. That's why, again, it's important to be in the Bible every day. Listen, if you're, if you're merely surviving on, on, I mean, I know ladies, we're trying to lose weight, right? But if you're surviving, I don't even trying to survive on one meal a day physically isn't going to be healthy for you. It's surely not healthy for you spiritually. And discerning his will. But that's, again, easier said than done. Because we tend to talk and not listen. We, we, we hear, but we don't listen. As I, I know I, I struggle with it myself, but you know, you're, because I'm, I'm constantly in help mode. So you, you try and look for keywords of, in the conversation, and we, we latch onto them and we jump onto them. And many times we interrupt because of that, because we're not listening. Or we want to talk more than we want to listen. Listen, guidance is listening. Read the Bible. Pray. Well, we'll we'll get to that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. I apologize. But we need to listen. We tend to talk, not to listen. We already said that we ask, but we don't hear. How are, you, how are we doing today? How many of you really want to know how someone's doing today? Be honest. In your, when you ask, well, how are you doing today? You, most people don't want the, they, they're just trying to be nice. They don't really want to know how you're doing today. And because we know that, we're like, yeah, okay, fine. I, I am the king of one-word answers. My mother-in-law loves me for that. She's, and she asked me a question. I'm like, okay, fine, good.
We really don't want to know. Because when... <laughs> what do you do when someone unloads on you? You get irritated with them. But wait a second, you ask. You, you ask, how are you? And, well, I'm really not doing that good, to be honest with you. Dog died, coward, car broke down, wife's mad at me, kids are sick, lost my job. Have you seen inflation lately? <laughs> list goes on. I saw one this week. They, I, I didn't realize, and, and I don't know if it's true or if someone's making an exaggeration, but it's something like they printed $88 trillion, gave you 1400 and gave the rest to stuck you with inflation. I don't know. Anyway, please. That's why we need to be in Scripture for guidance. John, chapter number ten. John, chapter number ten. Verse number twenty-seven. My sheep. What's the next word? Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Here. Listen. I realize I could be off base, and if I am, I apologize. But listen, this, this is why well, you hear people make the statement. This is one of the reasons why. Listen, you know if you're saved or not. If you don't know you're saved, you're probably not. Mm. Why? Because <coughs> his sheep hear his voice. What does the Bible say? It, the Bible is spiritually interpreted. If you ain't hearing, it's not because he's not speaking. My sheep hear my voice. We, uh, do you ever wonder, in, whether it be church or somewhere else, you know, there's a group of kids, especially, you know, nursery, walking down the hallway, you can, I mean, you got 15 kids crying, screaming, yelling. But moms know which one is their kid, whether it's their kid that's screaming or not. I can't tell the difference. Moms can't. They know. Let's, listen, that's, that's an ability that the moms got from God. Hear his voice. We know if we're saved and we hear God's voice. Look over to Revelation. Revelation chapter number 3. Verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and he will sup with me. And I will sup with him and he with me. Listen, we, again, there's all kinds of applications. There's one interpretation. Can I tell you that the vast majority of the time, the, the application that we use for this verse is not the interpretation of this verse. This is not talking in directly 
about Jesus knocking at your heart's door asking in for salvation. I realize that's a wonderful analogy. We can use it for that application, and there's nothing wrong with it. But in the context of Revelation chapter number 2 and chapter number 3, what are we talking about? Well, it's, it's in the letter to the seven churches. God's knocking on the door. Does anybody hear it? Am, am I going to let God into church? I mean, isn't that a novel concept? I mean, and yet, five, five of the seven churches were just bad. One of them was pretty good, but God said, I've got some, there's one thing I've got against you. You've lost, left your first love. So you got five bad churches. One, well, let's just be honest, mediocre church. It was lukewarm, spew you out of my mouth, okay? And then one good church. Here, at church, are we hearing God's voice? If there's any place where we should, it should be simple to hear God's voice, it's in church. And if we're looking for guidance, again, yeah, Scripture reading throughout the week, but in his house? I mean, we, you, you, you go to the, you know, doctor, pick a doctor for you know, your heart doctor. Why do you go to the heart doctor? So, so you can have good advice about your heart. Lung doctor, general, whatever. You, you go certain places to get guidance. For a specific area of your life. And yet why do most people come to church? It's not for that. Well my friends are there. It's just always what I've always done. Social standing. We were, we were somewhere. I forget where it was. And we went. There was a. That church in town. Anybody that was anybody went to that church. The, the uh, mayor went to the church. The police chief went to the church. The fire chief went to the church. Not for any other reason, but just be. If you were somebody, social standing, you went to that particular church. Not to hear from God. Mark chapter number four. We'll be in Mark for a little while, so you can take a break. Verse number three. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. So we, we, again, if you've been in church any length of time, you read this parable, her teaching on this parable. Skip down to verse number nine. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 23. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Again, interpretation, application. We've always heard this have to do with, you know, 75% of the people never get saved. I don't think that's what this passage of Scripture is talking about. Maybe 25%. I'll give you 25% never get saved. If, if you want. But I'm not going to. 
Why? Because even the rocky ground and the trotted down ground, it, it begins, the seed took, it began to sprout. Listen, if you don't get saved, it's, you're, it's nothing. You're dead. I realize that, it, you know, and listen, we've been around long enough, we realize there's all kinds of people that, well, you know, they've made a profession of faith, and, but where's the fruit? Listen, we're supposed to bear fruit. John chapter number 15. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to bear fruit. But I think there's going to be more saved people than we realize. So the point of this parable is to say, if you want to grow, listen. If you want your fire insurance, which is just basically what most people want, then there you go. If you want to bear fruit, because once it took root, once it heard all of those things, what did it bear? 20-fold, 40-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold? Bear fruit. We're not going to bear fruit. We're not, going to, we're not going to grow as Christians, and we're not going to bear fruit of Christians if we're not hearing Him. We just got our fire insurance, and we're good. You know, we talked about the Caesarea Philippi several weeks ago. This isn't what I signed up for, God. I'm out. I'm done. I'm, I'm turning it off. If you ever see Brother Mater go like this, he's turning off his, he's tired of hearing me what I say because he's turning me off. My grandpa will do that to people. You, you think he's just cleaning his ear, but he's turning off his hearing aid. <laughs> That's a lot of times what people do. John chapter 6, from, uh, from that time, many of his disciples, no more would happen. Why? Because Jesus said something they didn't want to hear. We're done. I tell you, I, I told you, I'm not good at, didn't like school, wasn't good at school, really hate English to this day. I really hate English. You have no idea. I realize pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But you have no idea. I told you the other week that I had to help justice with English. And you had no idea how excited I was that I actually understood English. Okay, it was second grade. I understand that. But I was like, hey, I actually, I actually understand what they're saying. I took, when I took my college entrance exams, I, they have no idea how where I was at when in history and government and, and those uh, economics, political things, all of that. I was off the scale. I was doing graduate level science and math as a junior in high school, and I was doing fourth grade English. You say, well, that doesn't really mean that much, unless you've heard the story already that I told. But I, I remember sitting in school in fourth grade saying, we learned a rule. On Monday, Tuesday through Friday, we learned all the exceptions to the rule. And I remember saying, that's just dumb. That's stupid. This should not be a rule. I'm done. I'm checking out. I am no longer listening. Yeah, I went to class. Sat there. I, honest to goodness, I cannot tell you one thing that I've ever learned in English. Obviously, I learned stuff because I at least got second grade down. But that's the way a lot of Christians are. 
something is said that they don't like, yeah, they'll still come to church. They'll still tip God their 20 bucks, whatever. They may even, you know, still, you know, pass out the occasional track or, but they, they done checked out. They are no longer hearing. You're not getting guidance anymore. It's very difficult to live a successful Christian life if you're not getting guidance. Mark chapter number nine. We're there in Mark four. Flip over to chapter number nine. Verse number two. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow. So as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Verse number seven, and there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Can you imagine? I mean, we all understand Peter, James, and John were the inner sanctum. But they get to go up into a high mountain. Here's rabbit trail. I apologize, but it it, it was I was just popping into my head. How come Peter, James, and John got to see the the Jesus, white as snow, shining? Moses didn't get to. Did you ever think about that? When Moses got to go up into the mountain. He says, listen, you got to go on the other side of the mountain, turn and face the wall, and I'm going to pass by you on the other side. And when he came back, the, the children of Israel couldn't even look at Moses. They got to see, I mean, Jesus got just on the other side of him. And Peter, James, and John got to see Jesus. Shining, bright. I, I know that was right, Charlie. That was just, it popped into my mind. But there they are. They get to see Elias. This is when Peter, you know, spouts off his mouth. Well, let's just stay here forever. Why? Because he heard, but he didn't listen. Or listened, but didn't hear. Whichever way you want to put it. I didn't. Yeah, this is a, this is a wonderful thing. And a lot of times when we're as Christians, we always want the wonderful thing. We always want, you know, the mountaintop experience. I, I read something the other day. Well, I say the other day. I reread something the other day because it was from several years ago. We all want Mount, Mount Carmel, but we don't want the Brookshire. Think about that. We all want to be able to kill hundreds of, of you know, false prophets for Jesus. Well, none of us want to be on the backside of the wilderness getting fed by disease-infested scavengerous birds. Now, I realize Brother Mott will eat anything, but I don't even know if he'd eat a raven. I don't know. Those birds are nasty. I, I, in my mind, I'm going through every, like, I just, they'll eat anything. You, you see the, the dead animals out there I mean, you, you, you know, you got the badgers and the...
coyotes, they'll eat the fresh meat and some of the other birds will pick off some of the, you know, other things that are fresh. But after it's been sitting there for a couple of days, bloating in the sun, you know what's left? Rails. That's, that's... And they're bringing him the meat. Think about it. No, no, we don't. I don't want that. Listen, again, God, this is not what I signed up for. I want the Mount Carmel. I want the experiences where it's, it's you know, my me and my two best friends and, and God and, and two of my mentors and we're in a perfect utopian bubble society. Let's just stay here. But listen, Jesus said, I, I, I didn't come for this. Here's an interesting thought for you. Jesus could have said, and he probably did say, although it's not necessarily recorded, I left that. I left that perfect utopian society where it was just me and my Father and the Holy Spirit, and it was perfect. I left it. This is what you want is not why I came. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we, we, listen, it's a wonderful experience, but we can't stay there. And when, when, if we really listen to God, when God says that, yeah, we'll be disappointed. Listen, two things I hate to do. And one of them is becoming exceptionally more and more. I hate going to bed. I just hate going to bed. There's, there's too much to do. But you know what I'm really beginning to hate? I hate, I hate getting up in the morning. And it's not necessarily getting up. I despise, I dread having to go out into the world. I'm sorry. I may be a bad person. I read something the other day. Don't you ever, ever, ever use a pronoun around me. I'll slap you. I will slap you if you use a pronoun. But this is just the society that we live in. It didn't even make, how, does, how does they there make any sense? Mr. Carago, they there. Well, I guess they wouldn't put Mr. in front of it. Ron Carago, how does they there even make Listen, I don't have, you know I don't have a grasp of the English, but that doesn't make sense to my second grade English level. I mean, his, her, that makes some more sense. But they, their, them. I don't, don't see the connection, but that's the world that we live in. I, listen, they, thankfully it got put on the back burner. But for those of you that were, come on, Wednesday nights, there was a law that they were trying to pass in Maryland that they, up to a month after a baby is born, they can kill it. There was so much outrage that they put it on the back burner for now. But listen, that's the world that we live in. This was, again, several years ago, but a friend of ours that was a, a nurse, listen, 
They missed it. The baby's born. There's something physically wrong with the baby. The doctor says, this is your last chance. Do you want this kid? They said no. In the delivery room, the doctor puts the baby in a Ziploc bag and throws it away. And that was like 15 years ago. I don't know what they're doing now. I I really don't want to go out into that world anymore. But I'm called to. (laughs) Go into all the world. See, when we ask, we speak to God. And he listens. Our prayer time. Listen. Ask yourself this question. The vast majority of your prayer time is what? You asking or you listening? Listen, I, I, there's all kinds of Bible verses. Come boldly to the throne of, the throne of grace. We sing it. You have not, you know, asking it shall be given unto you. The Bible, you have not because you ask not. Listen, there's nothing wrong with asking. But let, just think about it for a second. The vast majority of our prayer time, I'm afraid, is us, us asking. Lord, do this, Lord, do this, Lord, do this. We really need you to do this, Lord. Lord, please do this. There's nothing wrong with that. But can I offer to you that the vast majority of our prayer time should just be us listening? Yes, Lord. I have my needs. You know my needs. And we'll get to that. But for right now, I just want to listen. You talk to me. Just sit in silence and let God talk to you. That's where meditation, study, Bible reading. When we listen, God speaks. If you're not hearing for God, hearing from God, I would say it's one of two reasons. The first reason is you're not safe. And number two, you're a motor mouth and you're not letting God speak. You're doing all the talking. I've realized there might be other reasons, but those are the first two that I would check. Am I saved and have I learned to shut up every once in a while and let God speak to me? When we ask, we have a timeline. Again, our, our, our prayer time. Lord, please, you need to do this. You need to do this soon. You need to do this before. When we ask, it's, has a, we have a timeline. When we listen, we learn patience. I realize easier said than done. I, trust me, I understand this. But when we, we can hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. So I'm going to say it again. But when we finally grasp it, it'll change a lot of our views of life. Did you realize that there is no unanswered prayer? I'll say it again. Do you realize that there is never an unanswered prayer? God always answers. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. And this is the one that happens to be, in my experience, most of the time. Not now. Not now. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no, not now. We don't like that one. Listen, I don't necessarily like the no, but I can understand the no. I can 
Okay, you know, God, you're smarter than I am. It's, it's a no. But when he says not now, that's, that's not, I really don't like that one. Why? Because of my patience. It, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. I In 2000, I want to say it was 2010 or 2011, I can't remember. They said that you you have, from the moment you begin speaking and as a, to an adult, not to a child, to an adult, you have about eight seconds to get their attention. If you don't get their attention in the first, let's just round it up, ten seconds of a conversation, they're, they're checking out. Their mind has gone somewhere else. In one year, and again, we're talking ten years ago, when I the data that I have, in one year, it dropped to four seconds. If you, four seconds, if I, I get up there and I start preaching, if I don't have your attention in four seconds, you're gone for the rest of the service. And it's probably worse than it was then. But that's the society that we live in. I, I tell people all, or I tell people all the time, listen, when, ask Kendra, when I'm hungry, I am hungry. It is time to eat. Dinner had better be ready before I'm hungry. Because when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. So you have to anticipate when I'm going to be hungry. I mean, microwave takes too long when I'm hungry. It's Pop-Tart. You know, you pop it in there for three seconds. Nope, too long. I have no patience. But when we're listening to God, that's what it teaches us. When we ask, the relationship with God is defined by us. God, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you for what I need. I am in control. I am defining our relationship. I'm in control. But when we're seeking guidance, He's in control. No, I'm going to teach you this. Like I, just, I just told you, listen, I, am ne- I have never once, nor do I ever, ever plan on pay- praying for patience. Because you know what happens when you pray for patience? How many of you know what happens when you pray for patience? Yeah. You're just asking for it. I ain't going to. God, give me the exact amount of patience that I need. Okay. I, I'll have to live with that. But I ain't asking for anything extra. We need to live by God's, nope, you need a little help there. So I'm going to do whatever's necessary for you to grow in that area. That's why we all grow in different areas at different speeds at different times. Nope, you you need help there. You do the same thing with your kids. No, they need a little, there are some things that Clayton needs a little more help with. Justice is weird, he needs help with a lot of things. Cold on him, you don't know. He's probably the best one of the boys. Each one of our kids needs. If it was up to Clayton, you know what? What we do all day, every day? Play sports, go hunting. That's what we do all day, every day. If he was defining the relationship that you have with him, hunting, fishing, basketball, football, whatever. That's what you would do all day, every day, for the rest of your life. And listen, love, love to do those things. But unfortunately, I'm the parent. I have to define the relationship. And there are other things that you need to learn besides those things. 
He's our Heavenly Father. He's the parent. As much as we don't like it, there are other things that we have to learn. It's Proverbs chapter number 3. Verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Do we really trust God? We say it. But if we're talking about guidance, do we really honestly trust God? God's always good. All things work together for good to them that love him. Listen, not every I listen, not preaching health, wealth, prosperity, everything's gonna be perfect when you get saved. We all know better than that. But it all work to our benefit. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in don't trust yourself. Kids, don't you trust me? Nope. I don't. But before you get too mad at me, son, daughter, I don't really trust myself either. Don't trust yourself. Trust him. Isaiah chapter number 30. Isaiah 30. Verse number 12. I'm sorry, 21. Dyslexia, apparently. 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left. So we... Again, my sheep know my voice. If you don't know, I realize guidance comes from other areas, but ultimately it comes from God. Don't, don't go that way. Well, everything, don't do it. Look, has there ever been a time in your life where, I mean, just absolutely everything is telling you to do something, but there's just, well, let's just be honest, that's still a small voice. We talked about it a few weeks ago. You better listen to it. Don't do it. Do something else. But if, if I do, you understand that I might financially, it might ruin me. I mean, how in the world can you live on 90% more than you live on 100%? You better do it. Be nice to everybody. But yeah, but they'll stab me in the back. You got to do it. You're there in Isaiah, flip over to Jeremiah. 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Here you go. Are you ready? This is what God thinks about you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you... An expected end. Listen, that prayer of not yet. Then an answer is coming. Sooner or later, you're going to get an answer. It's just you. You've heard me say it. I know I haven't said it in a while. If you're not prepared for the blessing of God, that becomes a curse. You're just not ready for it yet. 
was that, that that old TV show or movie or whatever. I just want the truth. You can't handle the truth. God, I really want this. Listen, I want it for you. You can't handle it yet. Let me get you to the place where you can handle it. Because if I get it to you now, it's not going to be a blessing. It's going to be a curse. People that win the lottery. If I had $100 million, my no. Why? Because they, they didn't learn how to be responsible with money yet. And in the long run, they're wor worse off than they were than before they got the money. That's something that was supposed to be a blessing was actually a curse because they weren't ready to handle it yet. But listen, God says, listen, thoughts of peace, eventually you'll get your answer. James chapter number one. Verse number five. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They giveth to all men. Listen, what's that next word? We don't like that. Do we? Can we even say it? Yes, I'm being a little sarcastic. Liberally. Liberal. You know, there, there are times as a Christian you're supposed to be liberal. God's liberal. To all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter number three. Verse number sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable. What? Guidance for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the, I know it says the man of God, but let's just be honest here that the person of God. This isn't talking, listen, this, if you look down at a different sermon, I realize, but if you look down at uh, chapter number four, it, at uh, verse two, it says, preach the word. Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Was it reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and longer? Listen, it's, it's almost the same list. It's just in a different order. In Timothy 2, it's talking to Timothy the person. So that's applicable to all of us. Timothy, in chapter number 3, it's talking to Timothy the preacher. When you're in the house of the Lord, when you're delivering your messages, when you're, of that, those things. Listen, each and every one of us, it's profitable. It's our guidance for every area of our Listen, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, I wouldn't do it. Well, you know, someone that's smarter than me, listen, that's wonderful. But just because they're smarter than you doesn't mean they're right. You've heard me say it. I'll say it again. Don't listen to me if I'm wrong. If 
you ever, again, why it's so important to know you're in this, you know this. Make sure you have the right one of this. Because <laughs> this, thy word is a lamp and a light. Our guidance. Listen, we're almost done, I promise. Be narrow-minded. I know that goes against it in our inclusive society that we live in, but be about that narrow-minded right there. I wish I had one of those super thin ultra, you know. You know, one of those Bibles that, that college students have so they can wedge it between them and their boyfriend slash girlfriend. But, and there's the Word of God between us, but man, you couldn't pry that out with the jaws of life that's wedged in there so tight. Light unto our path. Listen, guidance. And it comes... From here. My sheep know my voice. Do you hear God? When was the last time you heard God? Man, that can be a scary question sometimes. Listen, we all go through different seasons of life beyond our control sometimes where it might have been a little while, but let's make sure that it's not our fault. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you.